0: Preaching for me. And he's helping me, if nobody else, and um, I think it's a little series that God's going to let us maybe get into here, because I've already started looking ahead, and the Lord started kind of showing me a few things, and so um, Sunday, if he was here Sunday, we preached on what to do when you're at a standstill, and uh, I don't know about y'all, but it's helped me. Standstills are coming. Yeah. Right. Those times where you, uh, you don't have no options, you can't get yourself nowhere, no further. Right. And standstills are a reality. Uh, but tonight, I want to look at Exodus chapter 15, and verse number 21. And tonight, I want to preach on what to do when you become stagnant. Uh, what to do when you become stagnant. Amen. And uh, what to do when you're at a standstill. And chapter 16's got some stuff we'll look at. Lord's will uh, probably next Sunday. Exodus chapter 15, look with me in verse 21. And this is just to, to get your mind where we've came from. And our text and our thought will come from the latter of the chapter. But in verse number 21, the Bible said, Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Verse 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. We remember that. They went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness, and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and we'll do that which is right in his side, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. I... Can't help but notice a few things in our text tonight. and If the Lord will help us, I want to point those out and and preach to you on this simple thought. What to do when you become stagnant. What to do when you become stagnant. Please pray for me tonight. Father, we do love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I pray now that, God, that you would speak to my heart. You would help me, Lord, to preach with power and unction. Lord, in the the demonstration and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I can't preach on my own and I don't want to try. So God, if you would help me, I'd greatly appreciate your help. Lord, please use me, speak to me. God, speak through me. Help me not to say or do anything outside of your perfect will. God, our people, Lord, need to hear from heaven. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would take me, just an old empty vessel, Lord, and fill me with the Holy Ghost. God, that I could preach, Lord, what you put in my heart this week. God, to the edification of the saints, Lord, please help me one more time. And I'll be the first to thank you in Jesus' name and for His lovely sake. And all the Lord's people said. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to jump back just for a few minutes by way of introduction and remind you what has taken place in chapter 14 and also in chapter number 15 all the way up to where we find our thought and our text tonight, starting in verse number 22. We understand the Bible lets us know in Exodus chapter 14 that God rises up a man by the name of Moses. And Moses is given an obligation. He's given a duty. He's given a a desire, if you will. He's desired the work of a... Bishop, if you want to look at it that way, and that is to lead the church lead, or lead the lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, we looked at many things, and i won 't repreach all of that, but we understand that Egypt is no doubt always a type and a picture of the world. We understand that pharaoh's a type and a picture uh, of the devil, and we also know that the Lord has always had a way of escape for his children out of bondage. And so Moses goes up and he leads them out and they go down to a place the Bible says between Migdal and the Red Sea and they set up camp. And there they're at a standstill. The Bible lets us know in front of them is nothing but the ocean, the sea, the water, to the sides, the left and the right is nothing but the wilderness and behind them is nothing but the world. They are stuck. They are at a stand still but just like God does he makes a way when there seems to be no way and parts the waters and the Bible said that Moses and the children of Israel marched through the midst of the sea with walls uh, of water on both sides and they, uh, the Bible said walked across on dry land and the Bible said that the cloud and the fire of the cloud uh, lit the path as they made their way out of bondage in pursuit of Canaan's fair land. We also know that once they get through, the Bible said that God removes the hedge and the waters fall. And uh, the Egyptians and Pharaoh, they all the chariots and uh, all the horses, everything, and everybody dies. Uh, and then we get to chapter 15 and verse 1. The Bible said, then that's after everything I. Have just explained. Then saying Moses and the children of Israel. That word "saying" it follows all throughout our text in chapter number fifteen. But then we also find uh, the Bible said in verse twenty. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her uh, with timbrels and with dances. That's also a first mention, the first time in the King James. Bible that we find the word sing uh, and we find the word dance and my friend uh, it is connected directly connected uh, to the victory that God has just granted Moses and the children of Israel and without a doubt brother Shelby it's safe to say they are now praising the Lord. uh, for great things he hath done. Uh, What can I say? Just like in our lives, uh, how many of y'all know that the victory don't last forever? Uh, We we sing all the time that the valleys... uh, Uh, Don't last forever. And I I rejoice in that. Uh, But the victories don't last forever. Uh, You look in verse number 22. The very uh, two verses later after they're dancing. uh, The Bible said "So Moses brought Israel out from the Red Sea. Boy, they're going out shouting. Uh, Verse 22. And they went out into uh, the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days uh, in the wilderness and found no water. Can I say tonight, this great victory is immediately met one more time with the valley. My friend, you might as well understand that this is how life goes. My friend, it's not always mountaintop experiences, and it's not always singing and dancing. Here's a question for you What are you going to do? Uh, my friend when you reach the place where God has brought you out and you come out singing and dancing but uh, verse 22 uh, uh, sure uh, the wilderness shows up uh, and uh, all of a sudden you're too too scared to sing uh, and it's too dark to dance again are you with me? I mean the lights have went out one more time and here Moses is with the children of Israel and they're in pursuit of Canaan's and they've seen a victory uh, But now they're right back In the wilderness and the valley uh, My friend And they're explaining uh, uh, In our text my friend That things uh, uh, that they were Just rejoicing about Have all of a sudden Left their remembrance in their mind uh, And they've went from Singing and dancing and praising To murmuring once more Now here's what I've Came to tell you as a Pastor There's no sense in losing your song and dance just because you walk into another valley. Listen, we don't praise God conditionally. I, I'm going to need a little help We're missing a few families I'm going to need a little help We, praise it. we don't praise we praise God And we're not faithful to God And we don't trust God And follow God And go to church And submit to the word of God And the man of God We don't do all that Just because Pharaoh and the Egyptians Get swarmed in the sea My friend we're to do right Because God is right Even when everything else around you Seems to be wrong I'm telling you if you're not careful uh, what you'll do is you'll let the highs and the lows and the highs and the lows follow me now you'll let the highs and the lows uh, come and go throughout your Christian life uh, and what you'll find yourself uh, at being over time is stagnant what's stagnant? you're still you're cold and indifferent on God you're dry so to speak Uh, my friend you're on that straight Line. Uh, my friend of the Christian consistency, uh, it don't matter if it's a good service or a bad service. Uh, it don't matter if it's a good sermon or a bad sermon. It don't matter if it's a good song or a bad song. You're just flatlined. Uh, you're going to do you and be you. Nothing or nobody will move you. Uh, My friend, stagnancy uh, is drying up the churches all over the world. Uh, My friend, I don't want our church uh, to reach the place of stagnancy. But if we do, there's an answer for what to do when you become stagnant. Can I say as long as life and ministry and your Christian walks going up and down, you have life. Any of y'all ever watch the heart monitor? As long as it's doing that, there's life. But when you get like this. You ain't moving up. You ain't moving down. You know what you are? You're dead. You're stagnant. You're lukewarm. You're dead. You're stagnant. And you're lukewarm. And that's where the children of Israel are once more. So what do we do? What do you do when we become stagnant. I think we can all agree that becoming stagnant is not only a reality but it's often a repeated reality. It's not only a reality that we get that way but it's a repeated reality. It's something that we find ourselves being, and then we'll get over it, and God'll let us sing and dance. But then what happens when the clouds roll over and it's too dark to dance and it's and you're too scared to sing? You you just dry up on the vine and and flatline and become stagnant. What do you do? When those times come, can I say? If you're not careful, these are the times uh, that you get caught up in going through the motions, but you miss out on the moving of God that uh, my friend you can be doing all the right things but miss the memo uh, I don't know about y'all but I'd rather not have everything together and know when the breeze blows uh, and know when God the Holy Ghost stops in uh, and I can rejoice and I can, I can, I can wall around in the glory of God versus being a stagnant straight line Christian that uh, my friend one of the worst things in my mind uh, that a child of God can do uh, is go through sin everybody else uh, getting a drink while they uh, remain dehydrated my friend we don't have to live a stagnant uh, Christian life Uh, so what do we do when we get stagnant what shouldn't we do when we become stagnant I want to define that word quickly if I could Uh, the definition of the word stagnant means this not flowing it means not running or in a current or stream Uh, it means to be motionless think about that it means to be still not agitated It means uh, uh, to be quiet It means to be gloomy It means to be inactive or dull It means to be not brisk And not busy My God, Brother Shelby uh, The sad reality is more than not Probably in the Laodicean church age uh, uh, we're dealing with stagnant Christians uh, uh, They're dull and dim They're not brisk I remember, neighbor When you walked in church uh, You know you didn't have to have a particular song. You didn't have to have your favorite preacher. You didn't have to have a revival flyer floating around town in order to go in and God's people want to have church. My friend, we're living in those last lukewarm days and stagnant crept in. Every church, I'm talking about good churches, bad churches, big churches, little churches. The bride of Christ is stagnant. And my friend, what do you do when you become stagnant? What do you do when you become motionless? Dull. You become lifeless. There's no current. There's no moving. You know what it is when you say this a lot. Oh, so and so got in. Boy, they're on fire for God. What's that mean? Well, it just means that they're, they're moving. Because God's moving in me. There's a stream. Y'all catch that word stagnant, didn't you? I, 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 I'm going to slow down, teach a little uh, tonight. But that word stagnant, it means not flowing, not in a running current or stream. In other words, Deacon, there's no traveling of the waters. M-I-M. Hello. That's good. That's good. I'm talking about coming in. blessed assurance. Right. Yeah. Jesus is mine. blank face. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine! Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. And sinners walk in our churches, brother Mike Francis, and they're thinking, "If this is so good, what what am I, what's going on in here?" Because they can go they can go down to the the city saloon tonight. Everybody's smiling. And everybody's dancing and hugging and fellowshipping and high-fiving and raising their voice and seem to be having a good old time and You walk in most average churches today, my friend, I'm talking about good ones and bad ones. I'm talking about the contemporary churches are full of stagnants. I'm talking about the fundamental churches are full of stagnants. I mean, the charismatic churches are full of stagnant people. My God, all Catholics are stagnant. Say amen right there. I'm telling you, this, this, this mentality has crept in every church on the planet. Because we've just reached the place. It is what it is. I'm going to be lukewarm, bless me if you can, because there's no river, there's no flow, and there's no current. Yeah, well. But I remember the days that as soon as we've had them around here, soon as the first key on the piano was hit, people started crying and shouting. You don't know how that comes. They call it emotionalism, and it ain't emotionalism. You don't know how that happens is when God has free reign to move and the glory world has a current right through the midst of His church. By the way, that's God's intention. Uh, My friend, when we come together, it's for the Holy Ghost to move in and out of every heart and every mind. You say, preacher, things ain't going my way right now. Uh, They steal something that ought to stir you. I'm telling you, hey, Job lost everything. He lost his family, his fields, his fortune. He lost his own flesh. He lost it all. But he looked at his wife. And he said, the Lord giveth. it. And the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What do I got to rejoice about at church? Everything's going wrong. Well, last I checked, if you're born again, your name has been recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. My friend, we're held in the palm of God Almighty. Heaven's your home. You'll never feel one flame of hell. I'm telling you, we've got much to rejoice about tonight. You don't have to live stagnant. What do you do? You become stagnant. First of all, I want to look at our text and this is pretty simple but man, this is helpful stuff. I want you to look at verse 22. What do we do? Maybe you're here and it's been a while. When's the last time you really got in? Some of you. I've seen a difference in the last three months. Hello. What are you doing? I'm pastoring. Why, 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 why is everything that you you do conditional for God? Why does the sun have to be shining for you to have joy? I mean, listen now. This is Holy Ghost stuff. This is what God, the Holy Ghost, showed me, brother Dax. I've got commentaries. I ain't against them. I use them. I can get this out of commentary. Y'all with me, brother Chris? And, and, and does that, is that, are you proud of that? Yes. And here's why. Because God took time to show me something. I know it's not new. Somebody's probably preached this all over the country. But it's new to me. Help me somebody. My friend, hey, listen. God came by. I began to read and God said, You ain't done over in Exodus. I want you to look. And God came to me. And God showed me some truth. And they may not be deep to the brethren, but glory to God, they're deep to me this night. That's night God. Would take time this week to show a little nothing nobody just a few uh, simple truths about stagnancy uh, my friend, something that we all deal with uh, so what do we do when we become stagnant number one verse 22 the bible said so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went look here three days in the wilderness uh, and found no water preacher what do we do uh, when we become stagnant Stagnant number one, I want to say, remain steady. Uh, Remain steady or steadfast. Uh, uh, What are you saying? Remain steady or steadfast. In other words, Brother Shelby, just keep walking. Uh, Can you imagine? they just come out. Uh, They're sitting and dancing my God they've watched thousands of people uh, that was the enemy go down uh, defeated in death in the Red Sea and they just walked through the middle of the ocean I'm not talking about they had a good service I'm not talking about they had a good revival meeting for a month they've seen God do something me and you will never see him do we can't even fathom what God has just done you're talking about being at an all time high brother, they're at an all time high but then when they get on the other side, they say boy it's been a long journey but I've been blessed, but I sure could use a bottle of water, I sure could use something to drink Moses, Moses thank God for the victory but I'm getting a little thirsty again, how many of y'all know that's how it works, God will do something and you'll shout about it for about a month and then all of a sudden come on somebody then all of a sudden there you are on your face again. Now God I sort of think after what you've done back there a week ago you are singing and dancing now you just talk about it. It don't stir you. You've done quit shouting about it at church. You've done quit testifying about it because it's old news now and now all of a sudden you start looking and finding every other need. Boy that was good wasn't it Moses but hearts brother I'm dried out is there any water here on day one the wilderness they went to every little creek uh, and they dried up Uh, and the ones that wasn't dried up uh, guess what they was Uh, they were stagnant they couldn't drink from those waters Uh, and then day two uh, they couldn't find no good water then day three uh, but here's what God the Holy Ghost showed me Uh, what do you do when you become stagnant you just keep walking you just stay steady you just stay steadfast like the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 therefore my beloved brethren be a steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor uh, in my friend is not in vain in the Lord uh, 1 Corinthians 16 13 watch ye stand fast in the faith uh, quit your like men be strong uh, Galatians 6 9 and let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not uh, Hebrews Verse 3 verses uh, 14 for we are made partakers of Christ uh, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast uh, unto the end James 1 12 blessed is the man that endured temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life uh, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him what do I do preacher I'm still. I'm st- stagnant I don't feel the moving I feel the coming the stream of the glory world it it ain't flowing in my life I'm in a wilderness place you just stay steady you just put one foot in front of the other you just stay steadfast you just stay faithful I'm telling you in due season you'll reap if we think not steadfast steadfast it's amazing to me in a church our size, the folks I've seen over seven years get stagnant and quit. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When you stop, if they just stopped during those three days, things wouldn't get no better. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. You've got to keep moving. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. you got to remain steady and steadfast. Number two, what do we do when we become stagnant? Look at verse 23 with me. The Bible said, when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter, stagnant. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against who? Saying, what shall we drink? Not, not only do you got to remain steadfast, but number two, what do you got to do when you become stagnant? You got to remember the source. They start pointing at Moses and asking Moses what the problem is. Moses has no control over this. Are you all with me? What do we do when we become stagnant? Well, you've got to remember the source. Can I say tonight that this word Mara literally means, if you look it up, it means bitterness or to be bitter. Can I say tonight, I don't know about you all. Uh, but the children of Israel once again uh, they look awfully bitter to me brother Shelby Uh, if you're not careful listen to me now if you're not careful when you get stagnant and when the streams and the currents no longer flowing I'm going to tell you what loves to creep in Uh, Mara's going to show up bitterness is going to show up Uh, and you'll be bitter with everything and everybody and fact is brother Francis it ain't nobody's fault Uh, and ain't nobody can fix it but God Uh, can I say He's the one in charge of the spigot. And if somehow or another you reach the stagnant place, you've got to go to the only one that can give you a drink. I can give you physical water all day, but you'll thirst again. But my friend, if you'll get a drink from the living water, you'll only need one. For you'll never thirst again. You must remember the source when you become stagnant. Who they start blaming? Who who gets blamed through this whole deal? What's the deal with that? They start murmuring. The Bible didn't just say murmuring to Moses. No, 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 no. Look, look. Verse twenty-four, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, "What shall we drink?" Brother, brother, Dick, it ain't that. They're saying, preacher, this is. I'm about sick of this. What are we going to do? No, 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 no. That ain't what they're doing. Can I say this? Let's let's use this term and don't... We don't believe in replacement theology, but as a type, as a type. It looks to me like the church or the children of Israel. Type, picture. It looks to me like the church has placed... Far greater faith and confidence in Moses than they have the master of Moses. You don't know why so many people get disheartened and they get out of church and they become bitter? Because they've been banking on a man. When you get stagnant, I I hate to tell you, I'm going to try every way in the world to help everybody here I can. But listen to me, I can't help you. That's exactly right. You know what I'm going to do? That's exactly right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to get down on my face. Oh, yeah. God. I'm going to try to get a word from him to give you. But outside, listen, he's your source. Yeah. Listen, there's so many people that are stagnant tonight. And they're not, maybe not blaming the preacher. It may be they're blaming somebody they went to church with. Or it may be they're blaming their marital problems. Or it may be they're blaming their friendships. Or it may be they're blaming some somebody that's done them wrong But my friend, under God, you better hear me. You're never going to make it out of the stagnant place until you remember the source. There's only one hope for you and me tonight. And his name's Emmanuel. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you make your way. Glory to God. Unto a fountain that's filled with blood. He's our help. He's our refuge tonight. He's the only source that will help you in stagnancy. He's our source. It ain't everybody else's fault. You, how are you going to get out of being stagnant? You've got to remember the source of the water. We're talking about people, Brother Max, that's just watch God manipulate the biggest body of water on the planet. On the seas. Are you with me? Think about these people. God is not only in charge of all the water, He has just literally showed them He can do with the water what He wants to do. That's it. That's Heart. Yep. Yes, sir. And instead of saying, Moses, we're three days in and we're about to thirst to death that same God that just parted the sea I believe he could probably get a handful of that sea and probably put us a waterfall out here in the middle of the wilderness and purify the salt out of that it'd be so good wouldn't it and instead of having faith and saying God we've got some needs Lord God we're stagnant God we were singing and dancing a few verses ago but it's too dark to dance and our parts were ensured it's too dry to sing God we need heaven. That's not what they done. Unfortunately, that's not what most Christians do. You know what they done? They started playing the blame game. They started murmuring against the preacher and Moses is thinking unto God, people, I ain't had nothing to do with none of this in the start, in the middle, or I won't in the end. They're blaming somebody that does not hold the key. He is not the source. But my friend, can I say, when you become stagnant, you you must remember the source of the stream. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And being bitter towards the preacher or the church or family or friend ain't going to change a blessed thing. Most people, when they get like this, flatlined, they get better. Because so and so across the room looks like they're tapped in. Yeah. Yes. And the church down the road, while this church is stagnant, the church down the road seems like they're catching to the stream. You know what they start doing? Falsely accusing. They get jealous. They start saying, well, if it wasn't for this, this, and this, they wouldn't be seeing that. But in reality, God, I know, I know most independent, fundamental, premillennial, dispensational, bible believing Baptists can't comprehend this. But listen to me, church. I, I want us to be balanced Christians. They do not have to have everything right for God to open up the stream. Right. Right. You're not going right. to hear that in a lot of places, right. but I'm right. telling you, there's a lot of people that's discrediting God, and they're no better than the Pharisees right. yeah. who are given power and given honor and glory to, uh, to, to, to the devil for the things that God has seen because so and so or their church don't line up standard or maybe even biblical standards, but we must remember that God is long-suffering and is kind and is gracious and is merciful and we have never had it all together, but he's still built for us. the source when you become stagnant my soul only God can take you from stagnant to satisfied we'll see that here in a minute can't blame others Christ is your only hope thirdly what do we do when we become stagnant number one excuse me number one we said you've got to remain steadfast or steady Number two, you've got to remember the source. It ain't Moses or nobody else. God's the only one that can help you. Number three, you need to replicate the shepherd. Now, I've got to be careful preaching this because people's going to accuse me of all kinds of things. But it's Bible, and I'm going to show you. Look at verse 25. The Bible said, and he cried, Moses and he Moses cried unto the Lord verse 24 preachers the people come against him y'all see that don't you do you find him trying to defend himself or retaliate or give him an explanation verse 24 the first thing he does is go to God verse 25 he cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him Hello. God, I'm not the source. Me and you know that. This people's too ignorant to realize it. I'm not going to sit and argue with them because they're, they're uh, senseless. Nicely put. What's he do? He goes to God. Lord, they started up again. And the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast in the waters... The waters were made sweet, and there he made for them a statute and ordinance, and there he proved them. So what do we do when we become stagnant? Number three, you must replicate the shepherd. May I say, once again, Moses leading the lost sheep uh, of the house of Israel, leading them through the wilderness in search uh, of Canaan's fair land. Once again, Moses the shepherd. my friend, begins to demonstrate what what everybody needs to be doing at this place of stagnancy. Can I say I want to find that word replicate for you. The the, the definition of replicate means this, to make an exact copy of or to reproduce. Can I say this is not that the children of Israel should worship Moses or worship a man. I'm not telling you to worship me or, or to give me your allegiance. I'm telling you if a man of God is doing what he's supposed to be doing he's going to be doing what you should be doing. And so you just need to do what he's doing. Is that clear as mud? You need to follow your shepherd and replicate whatever he's doing. I'm going to show you what he's doing right here in just a second. <laughs> this ain't man worship. We're him as God. means to watch him. By the way the shepherd, the pastor, is the ensample. Right, right. That's what this is. It's not just I get up here and preach three times a week. Amen. I told Brother Shelby in that revival Millsboro, he's preaching a sermon every second of every day. That's right. If you think this is all preaching is, you've lost your mind. Amen. You preach more with your life than you ever will with your lips. And I preach some sorry sermons with my life. I've come in on Sunday and preach good sermons with my lips. And then on Monday I've preached sorry sermons with my life. Hello. And then we wonder why we can't hold and get the flock followers it's because we're, we're, we're preaching one thing with our lips but we're preaching another thing with our eyes. And that's the issue. But thank God Moses wasn't that way. Moses is a man of God. He don't cuss and fight with them. He goes to God in prayer. And you know what? The man of God shows them what they are to do. I don't know about you but if I'm trying, my friend, to accomplish something and I'm consistently failing at what I'm trying to accomplish and the person beside me is doing the same thing but they're consistently succeeding and I'm consistently failing after a while I'm going to see what they're doing differently than I'm doing so I can do what they're doing in an attempt to achieve the same results that they have received that's how listen that's how I graduated high school neighbor uh, we get the same we get the same assignments and uh, I do the same thing I had the same test but my results was always bad and the girls on the left and the girls on the right they had the same test and their results was always good so you know what I learned to do replicate them amen Uh, if they marked A bless God I marked A glory to God if they wrote uh, if they wrote a check mark in that box that's where I put mine if they made an X right there that's where I drew an X why? because we was doing we had the same test but they passed and I failed that's exactly what's going on Here, Moses is checking all the right boxes. They've got the same situation, but one's passing the other's family. So you know what the obligation, the job of the pastor is to do? Pass. And eventually you can start to replicate and see what you've got to do. You don't ever think I get stagnant? Let me ask you something. I ain't in myself. God knows my heart, so I'm not afraid to talk like this because he knows my heart. Do you ever do you think there's ever been a time period in my life that I was like that, but I stayed home on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday? Come on. Because this is where I was? Yeah. Y'all ever had a no-show out of me? I'm not and I've seen myself. God loves my heart. That's why I can say this. Right. If, if, if this was a matter of pride in my heart, the Lord He would deal with me. But it's not. Why are you say that? Because I am supposed to be the example. Right. I'm not always doing the right one. Yeah. Some of y'all have done things because you've seen me do yeah. And it wasn't the right thing. Yeah. But some of y'all was doing the right thing because you've seen me do it. Man. 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 Right. Amen. Amen. You Yep. It's my job. There's suckies don't, I don't want to get out of bed just like y'all do. Right. But I don't get stay home. Man. Hello. That's man. I think I missed two times, being sick. And I was sick, sick. But you know how many times? Some of y'all can remember the old building. I had a stomach bar some time last for two weeks. I would preach, run to the bathroom, throw it up and come back. Yeah. Now that's too far for some people. But it was in my heart. And especially in them early days where I was just trying to lay just a foundation. Yeah. Show them we don't just miss church. Man, he yeah, might because we don't try to go. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Hello? Yep. Y'all ever seen just come in and refuse to say anything or sing or say amen? You think I always want to come in the same congregation? I know some of y'all don't because you sit down and not sing them. Yeah. But I don't get to do that. If I did that, you'd be mad as the devil. Well, my God, who's he think he is? He's our preacher. That's what he's oh. supposed to do is get up here to lead and sing and preach. He ain't going to preach today because he's, he's had a bad week. Hello? What am I supposed to be doing? Showing you how to do it. Even when I have reach those places of stagnancy, I ought to be the example to show you. You should, you should replicate the shepherd. Can I say tonight, any man of God worth his salt, knows that he don't have all the answers, and because of that, he will pursue God oftentimes much more in order to help lead the sheep and keep them alive. You all know why Moses ran to God? Because he knew he had to. He got to contemplating that, Brother Caleb. Well, it has been three days, and we're in a stagnant place. Not only are they going to die, I'm going to die with them. So what did he do? He had no option. He went to God. Why is it that preachers live on their knees? Because they're so spiritual? No, we're desperate. (laughs) I I don't know how to split that, but we're we're desperate. I hate, I hate, I hate, friend. I hate that a lot of times it has to be—that's our motivation. But I'm just being honest with you. There's a lot of times my motivation to talk to the Lord is not because I'm just so spiritual and i just that's who I am, and I—and listen, I don't always need something. But there's a lot of times that my motivation, as Moses, is nothing more than a stagnant place. I need help help somebody else I need lead so I can come in and lead Man. I need encourage so I can come in and encourage All right. replicate the shepherd I'm going to remind you of some verses quick and I've got to hurry 1 Peter 5 verse 1 through 3 the elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ verse, verse 2 feed the flock of God which is among you amen Taking oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. I'm not your God, but I am the example of what you should be for God. And I just gave you King James Bible for it. So am I preaching a dictatorship? I've been accused of these things because I'm a Bible man. By the way, if you're a Bible man or a Holy Ghost man, you're going to be accused of a cult. Yep. Yep. You're going to be accused of dictatorship. Right, you're sir. going to be accused of all those things because everybody wants to just hold hands, smoke pot, and sing hallelujah, and, yeah. and just have a good time. Yeah. But that ain't how it works. No, man. And then when they reach that stagnant place, guess what? They die in the wilderness because they ain't got a shepherd. Eli, yep. man. Amen! Amen. You're right. There's a price. There's a price to pay. What did Moses do? Man, I ain't going to get through this. I thought I was. So replicate Moses. Replicate the shepherd when you become stagnant. So what's he do? Number one, I want you to see. Look, look with me. <clears throat> Verse 25. The Bible said, first of all, and he cried unto the Lord. Amen. You know what he done, Brother Shelby? He labored. Yes, Amen. What are you supposed to do when you get stagnant? Labor in prayer. He labored. Y'all see that, don't you? Why should they replicate Moses? Well, while they're murmuring and bickering and complaining, he's praying. Right? Yep. So I'd say it's a pretty good thing to copy, don't you? Man. The replicate the shepherd. He labored. Secondly, we find this. Not only did he labor, he looked. What do you mean? Well, verse 25, what's it say? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a What? Showed him a tree. In, in the, in the part, top part of the verse, he labored. He got down and prayed. And he got down and cried. And then we see the Lord showed him a tree. Not only did he labor, he looked. In other words, in typology, he got a glimpse of Calvary. But my friend, he seen the tree can I say the shepherd his eyes have constantly got to be fixed upon the tree the Lord showed him a tree for him they didn't know what they was going to do they were stagnant but God will often take the shepherd's heart and mind through a lonely hill where there was a tree put in the ground and our your heart and blood and blood for the sins of him and the whole world he labored, he looked, he, he looked towards Calvary Trees is the type of the cross and we know what happens that tree it comes down in the water and the bitter waters, Mara is bitter that tree falls, comes down in those waters, and those waters become sweet, may I remind you that the taste of death and the cross of Calvary was a bitter thing, but brother Jeff when that cross when that cross met our life and came down to our stagnant waters Lord of God, his bitterness made our bitterness sweet. Are you with me? At yes, the bitterness of death that he died and he experienced. When you start thinking about his bitterness, all of a sudden your bitterness ain't so bitter. I need somebody to help me. All of a sudden, his your bitterness ain't so bitter no more. Those bitter things become sweet when you realize what he done on the tree for you and me. God He labor and look. Number three, he listened. And he led. Verse 25. Not only did the Lord show him a tree. The Bible said when he cast to the waters, The water was made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance. You know what the man of God did? He got counseled by God. And he got charged by God. God set some standards. Here's what we've got to do Moses. And here's what you're going to go back and tell them we've got to do. He got counseled and charged. And notice this, the Bible said, Then there He proved them. May I say it is right here that God puts Moses and the children of Israel on trial. They're in a stagnant place. And here we find the man of God explains to them that God had admitted them all as probationers in order for His favor to remain on them throughout their journey in the wilderness. If Moses, the shepherd has been charged by God to continue on despite this place of stagnancy. Then they had to live like Moses lived if they wanted to make it through. What was Moses faithful to do? He was faithful to call upon God. He was faithful to trust the Lord. He was faithful to obey the Lord. Then and only then would all things be well. They must replicate the shepherd. I hope y'all are listening to me. We're supposed to model ourselves after you. In a sense, yes. And here's why. Because I'm supposed to be like Moses and be modeling myself after him. God's given the flock a shepherd. I understand he's the shepherd, but I'm an under-shepherd. Not only does the shepherd have to listen to God, but then he must lead them out of the wilderness according to God's plan. Listen to me, when you're living in a stagnant place and you don't know what to do, replicate the shepherd. After all, he's the one that's supposed to be listening and leading you towards God. Fourthly, I might get through it. You become stagnant, you must rely on the plan. Look at verse 26. God gives them a detailed plan. Moses is the one he gives it to and then uses him to enforce. Talk about being stagnant, straight-lined. Need of a running source, in need of a current, in need of a touch and a drink. Verse twenty six said, "The Bible said, and if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in His sight, and wilt give ear to His commandments, and will and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee." What's the plan? What's the plan? If the children of Israel wanted to go from being stagnant to surviving, what's the plan? It's a plan that's not optional. You understand this is life or death, don't you? If they don't want to do it, God's done told him, if you don't want the diseases and the plagues of the Egyptians to fall on you, and you don't want to die in this stagnant place, here's what you do. Therefore, if they wanted life, they had to listen. You know what I'm doing every week, Brother Bob? I'm trying to give I'm trying to give you all the opportunity to to stay alive. Physically in some aspects, but most definitely spiritually. What's the plan? This is going to be real deep, Brother Shelby. You ready? Let's look in verse 26. And and said, if that wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Number one, what's what's God's plan? Hear. You've got to hear. That will hearken to the voices you've got to hear number two what do you got to do you've got to heed right. look what he says voice that thy God and will do see now they've went from being hearers to doers right. and do that which is right in his sight okay now it's the next part of the plan you're looking brother Caleb and will give ear to his command what do they got to do again hear hear and heed Okay, then, then, then what do they got to do? And, and he said this, if that would give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Now what are they doing? They're heeding. They're doing again. So what's the plan? Hear, heed, or do. Hear, heed, or do. Hear, heed, or do. What's the end result? 26. He said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that, what? I'm stagnant. You know what you're in need of? You need healed. You're sick. When you're stagnant, you're sick. How are we going to get healed, Brother Dax? It's right there. Here and here. Here and he. Why is it important Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, revival, camp meeting? Well, do you want to, you want to be stagnant or you want to get healed? Because you're going to come in here on Wednesday night and you know what you've, you've done? You've heard. You know what you got to do as soon as you walk out them doors? You've got to heed. And then three days is going to pass, just like it did in the wilderness from Wednesday to Sunday. You're going to find, boy, it's dry out here. <laughs> I'm enjoying my own preaching. I'm going to sign my own Bible tonight. Yeah, that's good.
1: a second. got
0: three days out in the wilderness. You know what you're going to find? Yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back to that. Yes, sir. I agree. Yeah. You sure do. So How are you going to do that? you got to follow the plan. My friend, you you must rely on the plan. What's the plan? You've got to come Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, to hear, And then 11 o'clock to here. Then 6 o'clock to here. And then you've got to heed. You've got to do what you've heard. Then Sunday to Wednesday, you've got three days in the wilderness. What do you got to do? you got to come Wednesday and hear. And then you got to go out and heed. And it's a revolving cycle. And that's the only way you'll stay healed. Amen. Yeah. Rely on the plan. Guess who God give the plan to and through the Shepherd. Whew. My my, James one twenty two. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Lastly, and I'm done. I am going to get through it. Praise God. Whew. What do you do when you become stagnant? When you become stagnant, lastly. Number five, you must rest in God's provision. This is my favorite part. Look at verse 27. They got healed in verse 26. Verse 27, and they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water, and three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Rest in God's provision. Can I define that word provision for you? It means this, the act of providing or making previous preparation. It means things provided, preparation, measures taken, uh, either for security, defense, or attack, or for the supply of wants and needs. In other words, God's provision, God has just met their needs. They're in a stagnant place. There's no running water. There's nothing. But what do we find in verse 27? They come out of that wilderness. They come out of Marah and they enter into Elam. And there's 12 wells of water and 3 score and 10 palm trees. And they encamp there by the water's so God has just met their need. In verse 27, God removes them from Mara bitterness, and leads them to Elam, where a place where the water is no longer an issue. In Elam, we find, Brother Shelby, there's 12 wells of water. And If you look at this, if you look at this throughout the Scriptures and you apply the children of Israel and they're made up of tribes, we find all throughout the Bible, there's 12 wells. There's, there's a well for all of them, friend. There's a well for... Forever tribe, 12 tribes in. And so God has met their needs with an endless supply. But I want to pay attention to something. I've told you when you read your Bible, you hold on to every word. They're there for a reason. Mara's listed and it means bitterness. But then in verse 27, we find this word Elam is mentioned. You know what this place is defined as? You can fact check me. Google it tells you a lot. It means a place of strong trees. It's what it means elam it, it's it means a place of strong trees and I say the Bible said also in Numbers 33, 9 they were moved from Mar and came to Elam and in Elam were 12 fountains of water and 3 scored 10 palm tree. So in one instance we find there's 12 wells and then in Numbers 33, 9 it says there's 12 fountains of water. In other words, the current's moving again. Are you with me? Stay with me. we got five minutes. Stay with me. Can I remind you, my friend, that the Bible still says in Isaiah 40, 31 they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, Psalms 103 and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water uh, that bringeth forth fruit in his season. Jeremiah 17, 8, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters uh, uh, that spreadeth out her Boots by the river. My friend, you need to write that down. Jeremiah 17.8. We're going somewhere. David said this in Psalms 92.12 about the righteous. He said, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Can I say, my friend, it is right here that God not only leads them to a place of provision, but they can lay down and rest in God's provision. Why? Stay with me. Because God has led them from a place of stagnancy to a place of strength. Elam literally means a place of strong trees. Notice verse 27. Elam, where were 12 wells of water, 3 score and 10 palm trees. They're surrounded, Brother Jeff. They've got 12 fountains of water and they're surrounded by palm trees. I just read you a verse about David. David said, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. And here's the real kicker. This is what really got me studying. Jeremiah seventeen eight. Listen to what it says. For he, talking about the righteous, shall be as a tree planted by the waters. That's a palm tree. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river. I begin to think. I've always preached. And it's good preaching. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Palm trees are built to bow. If you, if, if, if you go put an oak tree, it wouldn't take root, but if you put an oak tree on, on, the, on the sands of the sea, first hurricane comes by, that, that, that joker's done. Matter of fact, just a, good, just a good sea breeze over time probably do it in. But it's amazing them winds can be blowing 70, and 80 miles an hour and them palm trees will bow straight over now. Some of them break, but most of them, they'll just bow. They'll just lay over. And when the storm stops, they come back up. And I've always preached that type of the righteous are like the palm trees. What do you do when the wind starts blowing? You just bow. And, and, and that's more, it's a good application. But there's more to this than what I've seen. Again, this is Holy Ghost teaching. Josh Griffith, class 101. At 365 Kentucky, 2417, this week. Jeremiah got me thinking. He said, the, he said this, let me read it to you again. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And I begin to think and do some studying on the root system of a palm tree. Talk about going from a place of stagnancy. What do we do, Mom? To get in that place of strength well here's what we found palm trees have a what's called a fibrous root system the roots of a palm tree are not deeply rooted in the soil but they are spread over and about just like jeremiah said see our trees around here the roots go way down palm trees don't go very deep they go this way all right now listen They're spread over the soil like a mat and penetrate nearly 36 inches of topsoil. To the point that Google says we can even see these roots if the tree is planted in shallow soil. So I I begin to think. And I've got a picture I want to show you. I got to show this to you. I wish I had it. I wish I had it on the screen and, and was fancy and all that, but I don't. So let me show this to you.